Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Dungeons and Dragon. I do believe we're on episode 12, but I could be mistaken. Probably are. <laughs> I should probably keep track of these things. You'd really think. Yeah. I'm one of your hosts, Noir. I go by Hive. You can find me all over the internet as the Noir Nigma. That's Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. And we have our other host here. The better host, the cooler host, the faster host, the stronger host, Joy <laughs> Valentine, uh, the love of your life and mine. I use the pronouns she, hers, he, his, they, them, that bitch. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joy X Valentine. And you should follow me there because I need the validation. It's been a rough week. <laughs> but enough about me and my woes. Um, now let's talk about another kind of woes. I've been running through the six with my woes one of them being our excellent guests um oh my god i love seeing them on twitter and you do too they're a talent a, a talent an inspiration um the family that you want and the friend that you wish you have please introduce yourself what the fuck is this intro <laughs> please introduce yourself <laughs> My name is Noreen Likadir, and in the grand tradition of uh, Islam, I am hijacking this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's the episode, everybody. Thank Bye you for joining guys. us. <laughs> they express train to cancellation because we were in the room. <laughs> uh, my pronouns are he, him. Sorry about that. No, thank no, you. <laughs> you're amazing. All right. So we've we've. We've been gone for a little bit. Yeah. Someone ran away to the West and left me. <laughs> yeah, I've joined a cowboy posse. It's entirely my fault. I'm so sorry. Absolutely. I don't know how you could do this to us. <laughs> do you want to explain yourself, Noir? I saw you with your like little stick in the bag that the uh, transient people put all their stuff in when they run away to the trains. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Um, no, uh, I was me, me and my partner. We took a little vacation to uh, to uh, L.A. It was a good time. Oh, what'd you do there? We went to a rent fair. Okay, cringe. <laughs> what? Right. what? You always, you always make me feel bad. <laughs> I'm so I bad. You, I got you a gift and everything, and this is how you treat me. You see, you see what I'm dealing with here, man. <laughs> uh, you know, here's the thing. I have a younger sister. I do. I love her very much. Uh, she's never given me a kind day since the moment she was born. I don't think they can. This one came out the womb talking shit. Literally, <laughs> I was two years old calling you a bitch. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay, well, I mean, if it's just the word bitch, that's... Uh, well. Right? Like, literally, just take it back. Just reclaim it. <laughs> you gonna let it hurt you. You've been hearing it so long. <laughs> Grow up. But Welcome that, but... to Dungeons and Dragons, where we reclaim slurs one at a time. <laughs> one at a time. Every episode, new slur just dropped. I mean, like, I, I feel like I feel like we should. I'm sick of feeling uncomfortable for doing normal-ass things just because they're stereotypes that I didn't it do anything to contribute to chicken is delicious all right and i'm, I'm sick of feeling bad. are you just reclaiming that entire stereotype <laughs> yes chicken is delicious it, it, does, it does make sense to say black people love chicken everybody loves chicken 
We didn't make KFC popular alone. We didn't single-handedly make Popeyes the dominant franchise that it has become. Everybody took part in it, and it's about time everybody accepted goddamn responsibility for it. You know what? Okay, let's all go around in a circle. We're going to reclaim something used to oppress us. Here is mine. This is also kind of like a hot take. Listen, I know catcalling is bad, but... What the fuck is going on with this episode? (laughs) Sometimes I'm, like, having a bad day, and, like, I don't... I don't know if I look good and I could use the compliment and listen catcalling is not a compliment but sometimes it feels good to be affirmed about something I was worried about the other day I was walking down the road and some guy just goes hey tits and at first I was like whoa where are the big titties at like I was looking too as the audience and then I realized he meant me and I was like oh because like they're kind of small I was like oh this is highly <laughs> upsetting <laughs> I was like, wait a second, that's me, I'm tits. No, no, don't fucking. Uh, Real good. I just realized that y'all didn't do an intro at all. Oh, shit. I was trying. It's okay, it's okay. Then the podcast got hijacked. You're right, that was your fault. You ran so fast. I guess in this case, uh, it is up to me. <laughs> welcome to <laughs> welcome to Dungeons and Dragons, uh, the semi-weekly, once in a while, look, we get busy podcast <laughs> focusing on nerd culture with a healthy dose of accountability. Perfect. Uh, join me in introducing your host, Lauren Joy. <laughs> there you go. Well, I can't believe you ate it. Like you did so good. <laughs> we we fuck. We're so bad at our own intro that we fucked up. You doing the intro better than us? <laughs> that's unhinged. Uh, that's a slightly upsetting to be quite. Our guests can have the intro now. It's there. You can take this little clip and you can use it whenever you'd like. I don't need to be here. It's no, fine. because we fucked that up. Because we talked on top of it. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. No one will notice if we don't bring it up. Literally, it great. it's zest. We're adding <laughs> zest to what Mordine did. It's so good. It's seasoning, <laughs> is what it is. Oh my uh, god! <laughs> don't forget, we start to go to the round table of things we're reclaiming. It is our guest turn. <laughs> oh yeah, um, I am reclaiming wearing turbans or other forms of head coverings because sometimes you don't want your hair just like touching the outside world. Yes. And you're so real over that. You know, when you boil it down to that, everything makes a lot more sense. Okay. Here's the thing about turbans. My people started off in climates that had deserts. (laughs) Who wants sand up in your scalp? Nobody. (laughs) So having it explained like this is literally life changing. (laughs) I don't know. Why this is shocking to people. Uh, please don't call me raghead. Only my mother can do that. But, you know. That is so real from a mom. <laughs> Moms be calling you whatever. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Once um, my mother, when I first grew a beard and started growing out my hair, my mother said, you look like a Taliban. Oh, and she was right. Shit. She was right. Moms are so ruthless. And for what? <laughs> they cut you. Because they really? can. Oh, my God. Because no, I they- recreate. <laughs> because they can or reclaim yeah. something <laughs> jesus 
But all right, that was our first mini segment. Obviously, that sets the tone for what this is going to be. It's been a wild week in the tabletop space. And I'm so happy to say that I literally was too busy touching grass to comprehend what's going on. So, <laughs> you know, I was outside in LA, so I, I only I only know things in, in passing. So. so how about we do what I like to do, where I explain it in the hot girl who just got an inch of information version, mm-hmm. and everybody can add details and fix what I heard. <laughs> okay. Okay. So basically, um, I'm going to say allegedly, because now I have legitimate reason to fear is what we've learned this week. But essentially, there were allegations that um, someone got a hold of unreleased Magic the Gathering cards They were not supposed to be released. They were not supposed to be open to the public. The public were not supposed to have them. Someone had them. Um, And then the person uh, did not have them because allegedly Wizards of the Coast sent um, Pinkertons, which I will elaborate on in a second, to get those cards back. And if you're not familiar with the Pinkertons, um, let's just say this is completely true that they were featured in red dead redemption in a red dead redemption game they had pinkertons in there they are in layman's terms enforcers um very much so muscle uh scary not the kind of person that you want at your door demanding a card from you but the wizards of the coast worked with them and allegedly has worked with them before uh immediately this turns into a separate issue which i thought was kind of fun and flirty because i thought the issue was going to be the use of the pinkertons at all but then because twitter has been kind of like reckless lately the issue then became who is willing to publicly denounce the use of hired muscle to intimidate people that play card games and tabletop games and who is oddly silent about this uh realization that seems to be the new drama and you know you hate to see it but I would love to hear everybody else's opinion. <laughs> well, I can add how the cards were received. So these, this set is called something, something aftermath, mm-hmm. and it's coming out after a set that's called the something, something bit. It's a uh, March of the machines aftermath. Yeah. Thank you so much more for correcting my inadequate Same. knowledge. <laughs> I'm uh, so sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's legit. That was very, very honest. Um, but anyways, they call, they, they bought a set of March of the machines and the seller, the people they were buying it from the distributor got, gave them a set of March of the machines colon aftermath instead uh, by accident. Naturally anyone, this is not the person who got the cards did not violate any contract. They bought them legally the distributor just wasn't supposed to sell them, right? It's a it's a mix up. It's a bit like it's a bit gray area, but it's not anywhere close to gray area where you send private companies that are enforcers to yeah. people's houses for breaking street date. I mean, like even a cease and desist would have been enough. Yeah, and I will even talk from the experience of someone that has that has had to deal with street dated items before. I mean, if anybody was in retail where you sold collectibles, I think we've all had this experience. But generally, like, you know what? Let's go super honest. I didn't sign an NDA. I worked at Hot Topic. (laughs) Obvious if you've seen a picture of me. Um, And and we sold Funko Pops. And if you're familiar with the Funko Pop community at all, you know, it's kind of serious. Those limited edition exclusives, like, it's kind of under wraps, hush, hush, big deal. And I'll even say, I think my store fucked up once on a street date where essentially we 
had um, an exclusive Funko that we we received news that it was street dated, but we didn't get the date to when it was supposed to hit shelves. So we kind of guessed because we saw another store had them out. So we had them out. Um, we get a message from like our district manager that's basically like, put them away, put them away now. Um, and that was the end of it. You know, someone found out that they were out, that we weren't supposed to be out. We were reprimanded. They were put away. At no point did it become this big of an issue. And that's why part, like when I saw this, I could not believe it. Um, and I know in the follow-up, uh, news came out that apparently Wizards of the Coast tried to reach this person in a way before the Pinkertons were sent out. And the person, you know, said, no, like you can't have them back. Uh, and that is when the issue arose. And then they decided to send enforcers. But I think, I guess I'll drop what is now a hot take that I still don't think sending enforcers was necessary in that situation. <laughs> I don't think that's a hot take at all. I think, um, like I said, a cease desist would have been enough or at least trying yeah. that once for the paperwork, right? Yeah. But also the fucking pink, like that is brand name coercion right there. <laughs> Like when you go to the store and they say, oh, we got several types of coercion. We got the cheap stuff and we also got this. It's got a long history. Everyone hates it. Hasbro went for the brand name. And I get it. Everyone loves a brand. But yeah. at the same time, <laughs> that's going to give you Luxury coercion. They got the Gucci of scaring the fuck out of people. Like, And it's Matt, so weird. It is fucking weird. And the, the unhinged thing, um, dear brother, I will let you talk in one second, but of I course. just, this is what is really like grinding my gears about this is that, and it, it left such a bad taste in my mouth because it was people that I liked and I respected hitting Twitter being like, you guys don't understand. They're just defending their intellectual property. Like you can't make excuses for criminal activity. And it's just like, as a community, when did we start bootlicking? Legitimately, when did we start gnawing on leather soles? <laughs> this noir first off you should say something yeah I, I just this whole fucking thing is stupid everybody's involved in this is stupid and i kind of feel like <laughs> to some degree everybody that's talking about it is stupid and that's including me now, yeah. like, it's very he, silly goose behavior I, 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 let's go, let's start with wizards i i don't know somebody who has deep dick their goodwill more than more than Watsy has. It's like they keep fucking up in like more and more elaborate and creative ways where it's starting to feel like it's not an accident anymore. It's somebody going hold my beer at Watsy. And I, I I'm going from being disgusted, appalled, and upset about it to actually being fucking impressed. Um so that's why this whole thing is, a, is is fucking stupid on their end. You had the OGL, you had the fucking D&D Summit, now you got this shit. It's just like, whole, and that's not including a bunch of other stuff that happened before that, like the fucking monkey pirate space people or whatever. Fuck. Okay, monkey pirate space people, let me briefly touch on that one more time. Let I'll let you know, racism is bad, period. That's it's true. true. Sometimes, though, people are racist in a way that is kind of funny. I can't imagine sitting down at a table being like enslaved monkey people finally get technology and rights. And it's like, hey, dog, 
there was no critical thinking. There was no, hey, let but, me. <laughs> but, but that's anyway. what I mean. That's what I mean, though. Like, they're fucking up at, like, every every avenue of the game. And, like, every time they fuck up, here's where we're, we're stupid. <laughs> like, every time they fuck up, it's quite literally the fucking same thing over and over that happens on Twitter, which is you've got your fucking Watsy diehards defending it. You've got your Watsy haters hating it. And you got people of varying degrees of the spectrum fighting it out with each other over some shit that we can't fucking change. Like, if you, if you, if you are tired of Watsy shit and you just don't want to buy Watsy shit, if, if you're tired of Watsy shit, don't, just don't buy the shit anymore. And if you feel a type of way about it, you can start a fucking boycott, a letter campaign, just something. But this whole, yeah. the, the space eating itself inside out because see, because Watsy is so wholly incompetent that, that, that we can almost set our watch to their weekly, daily, hourly fuck ups. I just don't, I just, I'm tired of it. And like, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking sick of people on both sides of this shit because everybody's starting to get annoyed. Like, not noir both sides of this. I know. I was like, okay, moderate. Get a libertarian. Don't be a centrist. I'm not, but listen, how how many times can we point at Watsi and go, Watsi, bad? It's just like, at some point, You can either use that energy to promote your own shit or shit that you believe in, or you can start to try to truly damage Watsy by hitting them in the pockets. But eating the eating the space, eating people in the hobby, I, it just it doesn't fucking make sense to me. Can I get on the other hand real quick though? Sure. Uh, while I, you know, I'm gonna have to be me again about this and i hate having to be myself but the preservation of the space i think is not at all in what it's it's not a prerogative for me because inevitably as long as people like playing these games the space will exist it's fine critiquing people in it um critiquing behavior in it one that's what this podcast is two it's it's not a problem and i think that's part of the issue and it's a bigger issue that i probably want to talk about after this but I've seen it on Twitter and then I've seen it vaguely referenced to, but I think it's starting to impact me personally now. And it's starting to bother me that like the cult of personality in the TTRPG space is starting to become an issue because um, there are people that think that because they have a large following that they are voices for this space and that their opinion holds weight that once again, it does not. Um, and I want to brief, I just want to have a discussion on that at some point where it's like, if someone has whatever K followers, does that instantly make them a voice on situations like this that should be trusted and should hold water? Because in my opinion, it doesn't. I think someone with three followers has the same right to their opinion and their opinion could be even more right than someone with 10,000. And I just think it's kind of wilding to me that recently people are like, okay, as a voice that you all have elected by following me, this is what I think. And I think you guys that disagree just don't get it like I do. It's giving me a headache. (laughs) I don't disagree. Um, 
I think there's a lot of things at play here. One of the things that I, I do frustrate, like I do agree with Warren, it does frustrate me, is the fact that we have some considerable patterns that have been developed over a long period of time that have been analyzed. I'm not the only person analyzing patterns. God, I'm like late in the game. I'm new to this. Well, not new, but you get the <laughs> idea. Yeah. Uh, and yet we're still repeating those patterns instead of doing anything. There's a pattern that like, when we when we said, fuck your OGL, I'm not paying for D&D Beyond anymore. That did is something. And yet people refuse to use that tactic again until Watsy learns, which shocks me. Yeah. And on top of it all, we do have this, we do have this thing that right now there's a couple, Watsy here has the largest piece of the pie. And Watsy chooses people to represent its community to, you know, be leeways. Influ it's it's influencer marketing, regardless Period. of what whatever they call, you know, the individuals, <laughs> whatever the individuals call themselves, it's influencer marketing. So you got this whole situation developing, and people are not we're not fighting back against it because the truth is following someone does not mean that every single opinion on every single topic is inherently a better opinion or better representative of the overall community, you know, than anyone else. Yeah. It just means that the content you were followed for is very good content. And by the way, great content, good job. But still, there's that doesn't mean everything you are the best person to do, nor does it mean that you should be put in a place where you're constantly being viewed upon by the community where you can constantly be criticized by the community where you can constantly be criticized by the community and then by the company that wants to use you to market its products like i do understand a lot of the creators who went to the summit are in a very untenable position where they have to defend their bag they have to prove that they have gotten a bag so they get more bags defend their bag while at the same time trying to play nice with the community that clearly does not trust any of this it's it's yeah the only people winning here is Hasbro because Hasbro is not facing the majority of the criticism. The majority of the criticism is being pushed onto creators, Yeah, which is not where I, yeah. Yeah. And I think, oh my God, this is something that the, like my position on this podcast always has been that like, I'm not deeply entrenched in the table. It sucks. Cause I can't really say that anymore because th this is the content I make. Fuck. But I will just say that like lots of the culture is outside of me and I purposely keep it outside of me. Um, there are some things that I'm just never going to do. And there's some things that I just haven't been inundated with or kind of indoctrinated into um, because I just wasn't there when it was a thing. I wasn't there when a lot of the bigger creators and influencer creators like got their start and got their clout. I didn't see it. So now I truly don't see them as anything other than what they are on my timeline. And I think that's where the issue arises because I feel like a lot of people see these like Watsy, you know, approved influencers and they see them as like, well, this is the creator that made this content I like. So I hate to see them suffering. And like, that is so reasonable. And I get it. Mm -hmm. I hate to see my friends in bad positions too. But from my perspective, as someone who has only seen these people post their clout infusion, I see them as influencers and I see them in the context that I, as a young person who once again, beauty community, that was my introduction to social media and culture like this. I see them as influencers like that. Um, and as someone that grew up in the age of influencer marketing, that just always being a thing, I, it's, it's so weird for me to see someone get the perks of being an influencer, 
but being so wholly unprepared to also get the bad parts. And I don't like the idea of victim blaming where it's like, you have all these followers. How are you surprised when, you know, occasionally the bad parts come out where you're critiqued for what you say. But a mm -hmm. part of me is just like, is that not, it, it's, I don't know. It's not victim blaming. It's just kind of like, you, it kind of has to happen. That's just how the internet works. And I hate that that's just what it is. But I mean, even I going into this podcast, let me be a thousand percent so real with you all right now. There are things that I purposely don't tweet on my account where I know tabletop people follow me. There are things that I purposely hide about my life so that people do not see it there because I know that blowback can come and I don't want it. I don't want it. I think when you grow an audience, you kind of have to expect certain things. And I think maybe that's just the issue that a lot of people went into this, got a lot of clout that they were unprepared for. And I'll even put some of it on Wizards of the Coast. They aren't used to influencer marketing. This is new to them. So they don't know what it's like to have influencers that are also new to this. Everybody's new to this and everybody for the first time is getting the bad parts of it. And I don't think anyone is prepped to handle it. And I wish there was some type of like influencer 101 school you all could go to. Maybe somebody could email Tati Westbrook. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I think the only thing that really upsets me is that Wizards is not... Here's the thing. I get why Wizards is not protecting its creators, its influencers, the people that it you know went to the summit, whatever. But if Wizards isn't protecting you, I find it very hard to continuously give them this level of not trust, yes. but goodwill. Period. Like, it's ultimately, I I love a lot of the people who work at Wizards. I know some of them personally. They're very good people. I know a lot of the creators and the influencers. And I know all these people. Some of them are my dear friends. Some people like Noir, you know, I've yeah. known for ages. Um, but ultimately... It's it's not doing y'all any favors to be there and defending Watsi when you don't need to, to even not even defending, to state, well, I don't want to get involved. I don't want to get involved when you would get involved with a similar issue somewhere yeah. else. Like that's the thing that hits me. A lot of these folks, a lot of folks spoke up when the OGL happened. Yep. But now the more they are entrenched. They are not speaking of about freaking fucking Pinkertons. Yeah. It's. Oh, listen, I just got a good idea. <laughs> and this is so funny. If any of like my mutuals or my friends on Twitter are one of these like Watsi approved creators, one, give me your Twitter. I will be your PR manager. I think this is funny. And two, this is my big idea. If this was me fully, if I was in this position as like Watsi sponsored girly 101, like if Watsi personally was giving me a hundred dollars a month, Whenever any bullshit happened, I guarantee you my Twitter would look like this straight from the OGL even because guess what? I will never shame a bitch for getting the bag. This economy is hard as hell. Watsi, this is my opinion. I don't like the company, but if they're paying you and you're on that payroll and you depend on that to eat and like fund your way of life, one, don't be ashamed of it. But two, caping isn't necessary. First tweet during the OGL for you should just be hey, I'm not an expert. I don't feel qualified to speak on this. My statement is that I'm not making a statement. And you stick to that because sometimes the best answer is no answer. You do not have to make a statement about everything. If the people following you don't like that, let's be real. Some of you have big fucking audiences. I'm talking double digit thousands. You, you miss a couple hundred, a 
It is what it is. You cannot always keep both goodwill and the bag. And only one of them puts food in your mouth. That's my big thing. <laughs> you know what? It's fair. <laughs> honestly, uh, honestly, the whole to this day, the, the, the clout chasing thing to me is still one of the dumbest fights I've seen in the space. Oh. And in in to me It was funny. To <laughs> Shout me, out to Linda Coslega. <laughs> to me it's just it's just a show of ego. Uh on both sides. And I know I I know this is the second time yeah, that I said that. Centrist. Look, I'm not being a centrist. Like I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather but, be divisive than indecisive. <laughs> no, oh look, look, you ever have two good buddies fight over something stupid and you're like, you both look ridiculous? Yeah. That's what I feel like. Because is what Glinda said wrong? No. No, <laughs> no it's not. Damn. Was it, put in, was it put in a way that was not easily digestible to folks? Yes. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. But it's, it's, it's not, if you have a community, if you make money off the community, if you sell things to your community, or if you're trying to get their eyeballs on a project you're involved in, that's marketing. Mm -hmm. That it, with marketing, you want more eyeballs. So clout is necessary for you to achieve success in what you're trying to do. I don't understand how this became so fucking offensive other than how it was delivered. And, and, and you know, the thing is, it's like, fine, y'all can be mad, but you don't have to be dickheads. And like, there's this thing going around where people are just like, uh, and here's uh, here's the leak since I'm such an influencer. Like, fam, let it go. Like, fucking grow up, let it go, and just move on. It's it's like it's like everybody wants a reason to fight each other, and no one is mature enough to just go, that one sucked. I'll but whatever it is, what it is, and just fucking keep it moving. It's it's like motherfuckers want a vendetta with each other, and because, I don't understand it. Because vendettas are distracting, and at the same time, everyone is on this, like... Okay, I tweeted about this, so I'm going to do it again. Um, yeah, defensiveness, defensiveness comes from vulnerability. If you're feeling vulnerable, it doesn't matter if you're actually vulnerable or not, but if you're feeling vulnerable, you're going to put a shield up, right, in the right direction. That's what defensiveness is. So when Linda posted that, a lot of people felt, well, I have demonstrated that I am a person who is good and I'm not just a corporate shill and et cetera, et cetera. I need to defend myself. I need to defend myself. And that defensiveness provoked defensiveness from other people where it's like, no, you're, you're, you're ignoring the actual point here in that you need to keep wizards happy to some degree. And that's yeah. unfortunate, but it's true. And then that provoked more defensiveness. And now everyone is feeling vulnerable, feeling helpless, feeling defensive, except, and I, I need to push this again, except Hasbro, which is literally 
pushing money by the handful, by the bucketful, by the hogshead full into yes. gigantic burlap sacks, shoving it over their shoulders like the Monopoly man <laughs> running in the opposite direction. And can like, I like, and you're so right. And I think I've thought about it like this. And I think this is where I've reached my conclusion and it's so reasonable because mind you once again i have no ill will towards any of these people i think they're lost i think they're confused i think they're put in a difficult situation that they weren't taught how to navigate and they're not sure how to navigate and they feel bad and i feel bad that they feel bad but i also think there's a layer of confusion from these people that stems from like the ttrpg space is different from a lot of the other spaces online and a lot of the other spaces with influencers because a lot of some of the biggest creators in this space are people of color, they're queer, they're marginalized. For their entire life, they have been marginalized people. They have not been the person with power in situations. And so, you know, there is a sort of, it's a cognitive dissonance that occurs when you are a marginalized person and someone is telling you like, no, actually you have a lot of power. You are, si mm -hmm. you, you are the big guy here. You are the big guy and you're using that power you have incorrectly. And in this space, like, that's got to be confusing to someone that has never been the societal big guy who's always been marginalized, being told for a second, like, uh-uh, you aren't the marginalized person here. You aren't the small guy here. That's got to fuck you up. That's got to be hurtful. That's got to be scary. And, you know, if you told someone like that, they'd be like, no, that's wrong. And I get it. But I also wish for a brief second they could step back and be like, you know, it's the situation where like a white gay man is still white and it's I hate to tell him like, you know, you are queer, you're a person of color, but also you're an influencer and you're making money off of this hobby where a lot of people aren't making money. And the things you are doing are doing a disservice to the people around you. And that's got to suck. And I swear to God, I wish there was something I could do to make them realize that like critique and criticism isn't an attack. Calling you an influencer isn't an attack. It's making you aware of where you stand in this situation. It, it's also just really important not to conflate the actual harassment some of these individuals are facing with critique and criticism by all of us. And that includes mm -hmm. if you are facing that. I have also, this may be a surprise, I have like less than 3,000 followers. I've received a lot of harassment in this space. Surprise. I don't think that's a surprise because uh, I'm <laughs> like, I'm a brown Muslim man. If you think it's, and I'm queer, I'm bisexual as hell. If oh you my God, think say. I, yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> if you don't think I get harassed on the daily, I, I hate to break it to you. I do. But I also get actual criticism and actual critique. And sometimes I don't do the right thing. Um, and I get it when it's all together is really hard to parse them out. I know that I relate to it. And I, I know that a lot of people are facing that right now where a lot of the harassment they're facing and a lot of the criticism they're facing uses some similar buzzwords. Mm -hmm. But if that's happening to you, put the phone down, yes. put, put the computer down, yeah. walk away. Your content will serve. In fact, you know what? Let me do this because your content might not survive it, whatever. Schedule some tweets, one per day or two per day. Make them random. Talk about nothing turn everything off and spend a couple of days not engaging at all until that vulnerability feels like it's quelled a little and you can go back mm -hmm. to it, determine good from bad, determine real from harassment. Because the truth is, and I hate fucking saying this, I can tell the community all day, don't harass people. And I do. I tweet about that a lot. Don't harass people. 
you're going to get fucking harassment. This is the internet. This is the world. I, I don't, I don't think it's fair. The world isn't fair. It's, it sucks. It sucks for all of us, but it's there. You can fight for better. You can change better. You can focus on like trying to make the community better, but you also need to acknowledge that it is going to happen and need to prepare for it. Yeah. And, and that's another thing I want to talk about to these people. Once again, I love them. To, I love them with all my heart, love them to death. These, some of the bigger creators have made my life so much better. I have so many lovely friends that I've met in this space. Um, and I think because everyone wants to be so open, sometimes you leave yourself open to these things because like, you know, you never want to silence some of the voices that are kind in your attempts to silence the voices that aren't. But let me just tell you, I am the CEO of the mute button. I'm the CEO of the blacklist button and I'm the CEO of the block button. I am so, so good at muting words that I don't like, muting things that I don't want to see until the point where I don't see a lot of my timeline sometimes. Do not be afraid. To, I swear to God, mute, mute the phrase Watsy. <laughs> mute it if you want. <laughs> mute Pinkertons, mute OGL, mute anything that does not protect your peace. My, mm -hmm. this is a skill and this is me volunteering my services. Um, it's a thing that I started doing when I got big in certain fandom spaces and I was getting harassment in a way I didn't like. There were times when like I had the little anonymous function so people could ask me questions. Um, and there were times that like I left my DMs open and I would get a flood of things that were mean, like straight up slurs, things that I never wanted to see in my life. And I knew I didn't want to like deactivate. I knew I didn't want to go private, but at the same time, I knew I couldn't see it. So I went to a close friend who maybe was a little bit stronger than me in that moment. And I said, can you take my Twitter maybe for the next couple of days, retweet things I would retweet, act like me. I don't care. Just like, I can't have this right now. And you know what, if that's what you need to do, if you need to take a vacation, but still look active, hand your Twitter to a friend. Just don't be there if it's going to make you volatile, reactive, and unhappy. Because that's not the kind of person that any of us want to be. And I know you guys don't want to be like that. Because you guys are good people. Most of you. I don't know. Once a week, somebody's racist. But, like, the rest of you guys are good. <laughs> oh, God. Why is there so much racism here? I know. <sighs> it's it's kind of weird. Also, can we briefly mention how weird the space can be to women sometimes? <laughs> Some yeah, Ooh, some, some of the some of the things I've seen in my DMs. Hey, maybe don't say that. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like, it's 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 it runs the gamut. And I would say, don't y'all have a hobby? But the truth is, y'all do, and y'all are fucking it up. <laughs> I mean, it, it, we, sometimes we're like, okay, when you're promoting your project, please use alt text because some people are kind of blind, you know, and people huh? will rail against you for that. Like, like you've just aimed a gun at their head and i'm not in the business of aiming guns at people's heads unless it's for allah but you know that's <laughs> they're gonna believe you <laughs> look the fbi has it. the fbi ceases they all have dossiers on me it's fine we're fine <laughs> but like legitimately what why y'all shit to women why y'all shit to femme folk uh people who uh who are non-binary queer people People of color, wh why are y'all keeping so hard to the straightness and whiteness and maleness of it all that you're failing to realize that diversification of the hobby means more money goes into the hobby, which means that the hobby gets more money. Like that's the end of the sentence. Yeah. And you know what? This has 
this leads to a different topic that I want to talk to you guys about, because I know you guys have more experience uh, in this space than me, and you're probably going to be able to enlighten me a little bit. But recently, something that has come up has been the prevalence of Dungeons and Dragons in the tabletop uh, role-playing game space compared to other games. And um, in a way, I've noticed a lot of like resentment uh, for some people and for some people, just a lot of exhaustion and uh, with the seeing Dungeons and Dragons everywhere when there's tons of other tabletop games to play. And um, I just kind of want to talk about that because from my perspective, I get it. Like, it must be annoying if you love tabletop, but people only ever want to play one game. Like, that's got to be annoying. But unfortunately, the way I've seen people go about it, once again, just on my Twitter timeline. I'll just check the chat. Sorry. Okay. Now nah, I got you. Uh, just the way I've seen people talk about it, it's in a way that's not constructive. I think the one I'm thinking about is basically um, someone posted on like their Facebook, I think, that they're excited to play, like to start playing this one um, session of Dungeons and Dragons in their personal life with friends because they're excited to romance a lot of characters. Someone screenshotted that person's post from Facebook or something and then put it on Twitter and tweeted like, I am so tired of people playing Dungeons and Dragons, literally play any other game. And it felt kind of, like it rubbed me the wrong way because that person was just saying on their personal Facebook that they were happy and they were excited. And instantly this person hops on Twitter and is like, God, they're annoying. And all the replies were like, yeah, play another game, idiot. It's okay, Noir, I got it. Well, if you think about both sides, <laughs> sorry. No, please. <laughs> no, so I'm funny. just gonna Think say like I'm just gonna say like I don't understand as a community why we don't know or as a space why we don't see that everything is on a spectrum, right? Yeah. And if you go too far on either side of a spectrum, it's it's very rarely good. There's nothing wrong with not liking D and D. There's nothing wrong with liking D and D. The problem comes when your preference is so important to you that you are willing to diminish other people's experiences and joy and happiness so that they conform to your preference. It's not it's not that people who like D D are, are fucking annoying. It's that people who don't know how to keep their shit to themselves are fucking annoying. And we have so many of them. It's just, I don't understand when or where we lost the principle of live and let live. Like, everybody's got to fight everybody now. It is fucking exhausting. Can I, can I share with you a little secret? A little secret? Yes, get in there. I don't like D&D as a system currently. That's real. Like, not even just oh there's some racism there that's been going on since tomb of annihilation and one of the first games I ever played was tomb of annihilation so you know it's um it's the fact that you know the system is not built out for it's built primarily for combat like the combat system is very dedicated and the role playing side is just it's it's a couple of d20 rolls and that's it um, and you can do more with it. You can do it more with it. I've played some great D&D games. I've had a lot of fun in some D&D games. I played with Noir. Noir's a great DM. But the system itself is not my favorite, which is why I don't run for it very often. Mm -hmm. But 
that is a personal preference. That's normal to have. It's different to do that and then, or to say, oh, if you like, <laughs> it's true, I hate everyone. Uh, <laughs> but if you like D&D, you are the problem. You are an issue. You are disgusting. Why can't you just play something else? Especially because one, how are you going to get someone to play something else by saying, why don't you fucking play something else? Thank that doesn't you. do what you want. I don't know why you keep doing it. The other thing is that y'all don't know how to, why do people like their game of D&D? Why don't you ask that more? Because their answers are going to be different. Some people like the focus it has on combat. They want something strategic. And if that's what they like about it, I hate to break it to y'all, but you're like powered by the apocalypse system of the mind is not going to appeal to them Thank because you. what they want is more combat some folks what they like is that there's a simple d20 system and that is relatable to them and trustworthy to them because it's rolling one die and then you're done if they don't <laughs> if they like that they are not going to like you know your extra mega crunchy norse system you know it's not it's, y- y- if y'all really want to convert people from D, you got to ask them what they like yeah you got to be interested in their interests Yeah, I think and I think that's something that maybe just a lot of people don't understand. And it's and I think that's what it is. I feel like sometimes you get so entrenched in your own interests and what you want to do that sometimes you can forget that maybe what you like isn't always going to be what other people like. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think of it as like I love Batman. I don't talk about much else in my personal life, but I understand that there are people in my life that don't know about Batman the way I do. They probably don't care about all of it. So when I do communicate it with my friends, like when I cannot physically stop myself from talking about Batman, I try to talk about the things that I think maybe they'll like or that they'll find interesting. I go, did you know there was a vampire woman? Did you know that Bruce Wayne, once uh, his evil villain was just a woman in a custody battle with him? People like to hear that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's what kind of hurts me the most about the situation that I've been seeing because it looks like negativity is leading a lot of these um, conversations as opposed to empathy. Instead of saying, I really like this game and here are things you might like about it. It's derisive, it's mean, it's why do you like this? Don't you know there are other things? And I think that's my favorite part. It's this, don't you know there are other things? And without the understanding that some people just don't know. (laughs) A lot of the reason why Dungeons and Dragons is so pervasive and so popular is because that's just what people have heard about. There's a Dungeons and Dragons movie now. There's tons of them. people. There's two. Wow. There's a lot more than two. Actually. Oh, yeah. It's upsetting. There's two that were in the 2000s, I think. Yeah. But it's just like, it's popular. It's everywhere. It was in Stranger Things. I don't know. Maybe it was in Rick and Morty. I just know that was a thing. A lot of people that watch Critical Role, hey, it was in that. Some mm-hmm. people, that's all they've seen, so that's all they know. And I don't understand why you would bully someone for just not knowing. And I think that's the root of the issue with me, because like I firmly believe I don't like punishing people for naivety and ignorance. If they don't know, they don't know. And at that point, I can either let them live in ignorance or I can help. And the idea that instead of helping, people are just being mean, mm. oh, that really... The the problem with this, though, is like, I feel like this is the cancer that kills all fandoms from the inside out. 
it's it's the same mentality. I like this and you don't like this, so you're wrong and let me tell you why you're wrong. I feel like if we could just address that core center issue, we would be fixing everything all at fucking once. Because it's it's like you don't you don't you play Dungeons and Dragons? Like how, how why are you not playing this other thing? You don't you like Star Trek over Star Wars? What's wrong with you? Like it's 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 the same bullshit. And it's just, I'm fucking sick of these people. <laughs> Noah has I, had his head in his hands for half of this podcast. Girl, do you need do you need a Snickers? Like, <laughs> do you need some water? Uh, is it me? Should I go? <laughs> no, it's just it's it's I it's like when you're when you're excited, your uh, your favorite show is coming on, but it's a rerun that you've seen a thousand times. It's just yeah. like, can we do? something fucking new here people because it's it's the same people doing the same shit for the same reason with the same results and everybody acts surprised after it's over like yeah and so to combat the negativity of this um i'm just gonna talk about ways that people have led with love in this exact situation nice and that i found that were really sweet um basically once again, I started off with Dungeons and Dragons. It's what my older brother played growing up that he said I wasn't cool enough to play with him. I said, okay. Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, it's just always been around me. So that's what I played at first. And I just simply didn't know that tabletop role-playing games were a thing. I thought it was Dungeons and Dragons and that was it. Um, and then my brother tried to tell me about other stuff, but the other stuff had lots of rules and I didn't get it. And so I was happy playing Dungeons and Dragons and I thought that was chill. And then uh, you may have heard of them. Their name is Anita. They are super cool. They found out that I like vampires and they were like, oh, there's a vampire game if you want to try to see if people will play that with you. And I said, oh, work. I can do that. And instantly, you know, I talked to the people doing the vampire game. They were so sweet when I was like, hey, I don't know how to fill out a character sheet for this. I don't know how this works. They said, don't worry about it. I'm willing to teach as we go. This is what you want to do. I can help you because I want you to have fun. And I think truly it's steps like that, where it's just like, be open, be understanding and meet people where they're at. Mm -hmm. Do either of you have experiences like that where you were introduced to maybe something new in the space and people weren't dick munches about it? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, um, when I did the Kids on Bike game with Thrill 20 and Pixel Circus, um, the team there was like, very patient and understanding about teaching us how to run the game, how to present it for an audience. It just really like took care of us in going into the system that I had never been exposed to before. So I, there's a couple ways in which people have demonstrated that it's mostly just like people making space for me, because the truth is I'm one of those ideal people i guess where i read a whole book before i ever play a game so i've read more games than i've ever played or that i ever will play if we're being frank and thus i usually know the system as well as i should like as well as anybody else when i sit down at the table but when i first started and i did not know how i could do things you know speak uh interact um there's some very good people like local people who said no this is where you this is where you go off go off you know this is where you chat and there was some who didn't there's some really racist things that happened in my early days but 
there was also a lot of people saying, no, I want you to celebrate for a split second. I want you to, to have a little bit of fun. And that is what allowed me to let myself have fun in the way that I wanted. Right. You do wonders yeah. by stuff like that. Truly like leading with love and understanding and compassion to people is so important because at the end of the day, like they are games. You are supposed to have fun. I think, I think you're supposed to play these and enjoy your time doing it. Um, and it's so wild to me. And I think I'm blessed because mostly my experiences have been good, probably unfortunately because, um, nepotism and people are like, if I upset her, it'll get back to the big boys. But you know, that's fine. Who the fuck is the big boys? (laughs) Like you Uh, and Anita and Nordin, like you are the big boys. I'm the Um, big boy. The big boys. And so like I'm lucky in that way but I do also think like it's because I have come into every situation you know with respect and honesty as to where I'm at I mean I think one of my favorite memories is basically I had friends uh IRL that really wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons because to people that aren't like on the online TTRPG space like to those of you that aren't familiar with what it looks like to people that don't do it online. I mean, it's so cute that this has happened a bunch, but basically I have a lot of friends like early twenties who have seen these games and these campaigns online, who have seen the movie and are like, well, I wanna play, but I have nowhere to start. And I obviously, you know, I don't feel comfortable with GMing my first go, so I don't know what my options are. And I think the first time I was confronted with that, it's it's so funny and cute in hindsight. I go, well, I know my brother does this professionally now. Like it is uh, something that some people will pay him for. So I literally, I think messaged my brother and I was like, how much are your rates? Like, what do I got to pay you to GM for me and my friends? And as my brother, he's like, please don't, don't pay me. Like I will just GM for you. Why are you trying to pay me for this? That, that sounds like a good brother is all I'm saying. Oh my God. I'm giving you a compliment and you're fighting <laughs> tooth and nail. <laughs> but it's just like respecting people, understanding, and also being willing to play, you know? Because people want to have fun. Yeah. Play with them. Damn. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just, it, it's easy not to be an asshole. that doesn't mean that there's no work involved in not being an asshole but that's really the secret to running good games it's listening it's being empathetic and it's not being an asshole it's being willing to take accountability for your fuck-ups even if you're the gm and you fuck up acknowledge it just say my bad and move on like once you once you can do that then it's okay for you to sit at a table i'm like I, I truly believe that if you go and sit at a table with the mindset that everybody's fun is just as important as my fun, then you will be an asset to the table instead of a detriment. And the problem is, like, these people that are a detriment to our tables, it's it's just, like, the same problems with them. And, it's, and I feel like, yeah, we should check them more often. I'm sorry, I'm kind of veering off but yeah i just i feel like this space this hobby could be so much better if people just took a beat to consider how what they do makes other people feel yeah and you know i'm gonna try to move on to something more positive um because now that i've been introduced to so many different um systems and such i personally have not had a chance to play them all but so many have 
interested me. So I'm going to ask you guys, is there any system that you haven't played yet or that you haven't gotten to play as much as you would like to, that you would want to play? Um, and, you know, tell me about it. So not so much a system, but it's a game that I picked up on vacation called uh, The Last Guess. Yeah. Ooh. Sorry, to I those to audio get... listening, he has to get up. <laughs> I had to go grab it to make sure I got the name right. Till the last gas. Uh, it's made by Darrington Press. Uh, a couple of friends of mine worked on the design team for it. Uh, and I want to try it. And I want to see if I can utilize it in another game system. So, What is the uh, last gasp? Could you tell us? So to the last gas is a two player game. Uh, it's basically a duel between two characters. Uh, there are like dramatic beats that happen in the duel. And uh, I would really like to see if I can integrate that into an ongoing campaign. So when a character has to like enter a duel into an arena or something, we could pop over to this guy and really get into the story of the fight that's happening there. So I'm super Thank excited you. to try this out. Um, and uh, we'll, I should be doing that soon. Awesome. Thank you. Our lovely uh, guest. Give me a second. I need to get mine too. Hold on. Okay. They be walking. <laughs> Everybody be getting up. Uh, there's a couple actually. Um, I really want to play Last Fleet, which is a game about you um it's a powered by the apocalypse system you and a bunch of other people are part of the last fleet of humanity and you are trying to survive as the enemy picks you off right it's kind of i like to play with inevitability it's one of my favorite things where you have to find hope in what is inevitable destruction yeah one of my favorite themes uh but another game that i'm really interested in playing is called campfire uh anthology mm -hmm. horror storytelling by Adam Voss and Will Jobst, uh, and illustrated by Trevor Henderson. And it's it's a storytelling game for a couple of uh, players. I think it's for like six, um, two to six. And you take turns as the narrator, and you play embers that are going to burn. So you play mm. characters, small aspects that will end up destroyed as the world continuously gets worse. And what's really cool about it is it's all done through cards. So each anthology each story is a set of cards a deck of cards that you play through and read through as you go along and that inspires certain stories it seems very um like atmospheric in a very oh cool i love way. that and i love that yeah i love it yeah. like the art on this card these cards are incredible i picked it up while i was at pax east uh but for me one of the fun things about you know looking out in new games is that there are a lot of games that are very heavy tailored to tell a very specific experience. So mm. if you want to play that experience, there is a game perfect for that. It's designed to express that as opposed to some of the bigger name games where they're more designed to tell several possible experiences with certain themes, right? Yeah. Well, it, it, uh, I guess I should mention that I have designed games before. I am a tabletop yeah. writer and I'm a consultant. I've done a lot of this work before. So I really appreciate good work when it appears or like risky work, people taking mm -hmm. risks to do something cool. My favorite thing. That's what dope. About you? Um, I, once again, unfortunately, don't know that many. Very new to the space. I'm always happy to hear more. I do want to play Good Society uh, yes. really bad. Um, anyone that knows me or has heard me even talk on the podcast, 
people may have realized that I have a Victorian orphan way of speaking. So I finally want a game where I can utilize that. I'm a monologuing champion. All I do is be talking. <laughs> Joy, you have no idea how much. I, yes, exactly. I speak like an old man. Yes. Let us be old men. You know, one of my favorite uh, tabletop like um, performances, one of my favorite uh, actual plays. Yes, actual plays is a little show on Roll For It uh, called Ian Grange featuring one more enigma taking place oh. in good society. I'm not just doing that because Noir is here. I genuinely had a great time watching it. It's very good. Y'all should see it. Uh, that's do you, do you just it's so emotional. It's so dramatic. You can get really messy into the weeds with it. And who doesn't yes. love that? Give me Downton Abbey, but gayer. Yes. And just like I, I don't know what to say other than like, here's some joy deep lore for the people that love when me and my sibling occasionally drop the reasons why we are the way we are. But essentially, um, when I was very young and even up till now, our mother really likes um, black and white old films. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> While other kids, when they stayed home sick, they were watching daytime cartoons. I would sit in bed with my mother and we would watch everything on the Turner Classic Movie Network. It got I've to the point Roman where Roman Holiday so many damn times. I love Rear Window. Like I'm unhinged at this point. Um, I can do the weird atlantic accent that doesn't actually exist so i've always wanted to have that kind of like classic messy old-fashioned drama and i just know if someone let me play a good society game i would be going off the rails <laughs> i think there are some things in life that are destiny and my destiny is to get in one of those games and absolutely frighten people with who i become <laughs> just Mm, no, I can see it right now, and it, it's terrifyingly good. So fun. So once again, anyone GMing, hit me up. But that leads me to another thing, because once again, it's been a rough week for the tabletop space. And I always, you know, I love to comment on it. But at the same time, I kind of love to combat the energy with something a little bit more upbeat. So you two have had experience playing in a lot of games. Between the two of you, it's a lot. And so I do want to <laughs> just ask... <laughs> Um, can you give me one time that your character had like an emotional moment? Like it was something pivotal. You still think back on it and you go, damn, that was a cinematic moment. Yeah, I have a couple. <laughs> you should. You've Brag. done some incredible work. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I can go first if you need time to think. But I got I got it. Um, okay. Uh, on Stray Pucks, there's a show that we do called Ember Squad, where we're playing a group of uh, rebels in the Star Wars universe. And uh, we uh, we ended up going to this planet to face off against the Imperial Strike Force. Um, and it, it was a pretty even battle, but they got back up in the, in the form of a couple of Star Destroyers. Um, so our team had to buy the rebels time to get out uh so i promise this this is all leading somewhere um uh, so uh the team was able to successfully do our mission which is like to kill some some general or something uh and they all got to their fleet to escape uh but the star destroyers were about to blow them up uh and i played uh a pilot named stucky who had a fleet 
uh, or, or a squadron of X-Wing fighters. Uh, and to buy our rebel fleet time to get out, we decided to stay behind and fight a couple of Star Destroyers. So, handful of x wing like four or five X-Wings versus two Star Destroyers. Uh, and uh, my character, as you'd imagine, probably didn't make it. Uh, but before I died, I did leave a letter behind, and having the team read it was uh, pretty cool. It was a pretty cool moment. Oh, stop! I'm That's, gonna cry. <laughs> so sweet. Uh, one of my favorites. I was on. It's funny because I think Noir can relate to this. At a certain point, when you were performing for people, you do so much performances for people. It's hard to remember when was the last home game you did. So yeah. like my experiences are all yeah. Uh, but when I was on Table Goth, which is another channel, um, we played uh, Hunter the Reckoning. And in that game, I played a character who had a special power that could ignore supernatural powers. And there was a point at which someone said, why do you seem so immune to like all these mental effects and stuff? And so I said, well, back when I worked for insert group here, uh, I was put into a room with a vampire and that vampire tried to mind control me. And every single time it would make me do something terrible or take something away from me. And then I would fail and I would leave and I would come back the next day and do it all over again until eventually it couldn't get in. Uh, I use the term it there on purpose. That was one of my favorite moments because it made everyone around me like just mouths open in shock. And I said, this is it. This is what I've done. (laughs) I've done this to some people and they love it. (laughs) That is sick. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what, what about you, Joy? Okay. Well, this is the worst thing about having your brother be the person that GMs for you all the time because he might remember this. But essentially, um, we played a campaign where I played this character, Lalonde Dumont. She is a menace. Um, basically, very rich, powerful, elite person, classist menace. Um, that is put on a mission with a bunch of it's a ragtag team and she meets them. And despite being the youngest and the person least experienced with going out and adventuring, she declares herself the leader based solely on the fact that she's the one willing to do it. And she believes by her last name alone that she it is her right. Um And she spends like the first chunk of her time with them. Like she's leading and it's effective, but she's also the entire time thinks she's better than them and is kind of mean um, until they get to a dungeon and the party splits a little ahead of her. And then right in front of her as combat goes down, everybody's going down and she's the cleric. So it's her job to get to them and heal them. And some of them are too far away. So the entire combat is her trying to lead from a distance, trying to be like, come back, but they can't, they've turned a corner. Um, And so by the end of that, (laughs) she's managed to do it. Basically, it was a lot of everybody's at one hit point, but they're stable. Um, And inevitably after the encounter is over, everyone's getting up, everyone's healed and everyone's like, haha, we did it. And they're fine. And they're laughing. And she's sitting there for the first time, like feeling legitimate terror and realizing she cares about these people. They almost died and they're laughing it off because they're adventurers. And she's freaking out because she in her head, she was the leader and that was her fault. And these people that have helped her this entire time and she had been looking down her nose at them. 
I mean, they were almost gone. And it was so, it was kind of a cute moment because everyone's laughing. And then they realize the character choice I've made is to have Lalonde have a meltdown. And it was <laughs> such a fun moment because everyone's like, oh, oh, damn, this is a lot. <laughs> this is a lot. She's we not fucked good. up. <laughs> fucked up. And it was just very interesting to have the party come back and be like, hey, we'll take your leadership more seriously. And her being like, don't. I failed. That was on me. I was supposed to be the best and everybody died. <laughs> I love that trope, though. I love that trope of, of, you know, you don't take someone seriously and then you realize that they blame themselves for everything. Oh, yeah. It's like they uh, thought when she was kidding when she said, no, I'm the leader. Meanwhile, she's like, this was my squad and I failed them. <laughs> oh, that was that was good stuff. <laughs> And that was a home game too. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, one of my favorite home game stories, um, we played Something is Wrong Here, which is a card game by Kira McGron. I like how I can reference these things like I just know them when really they're sitting in the back of my head and I don't ever use that knowledge until now. Uh, and it, it ends with a bunch of doppelganger scenes where you take this, this sort of facilitator GM control and you get a character, another person's character, and you're the whole point of the scene is that you torture that character with everything you've learned throughout the game. It's a one shot. And then the character decides the end. Do I give in to all of this or do I don't? Uh, it's really dramatic. So I had one of my favorite home games ever because we all got to do that. We all got to be the doppelganger. We all got to torture one of our friends. <laughs> uh, and we learned a lot about each other, but it was really fun just watching the different tactics everyone took. I liked mine. Of course I did. But I loved seeing, you know, my friend Diana, like, go off and target someone individually while facing full opposition. I like, you know, my friend Wes just falling apart and letting <laughs> it was just really good. And I, I think that's one of the best things about home games where you can take risks you normally wouldn't <laughs> when you're doing things for stream. Yeah. Uh, and you can like you can play into some of those tropes like the first time it's just there's so much freedom it's it's wonderful i like talking about games same and i mean that's why we have this podcast because once again negative week then i want a good podcast and i think <laughs> especially like this is so funny i don't know why me and my brother don't we need to be on stream together playing a game because i don't think people understand our dynamic as gm and player is the funniest shit in the world <laughs> he will lob something it. to me and like I'll hit a home run, not in the way he wanted. <laughs> not at all. It's so not in the way so he very, was going for. It's so fucking frustrating. They, I cannot stress enough that this is the same character that was involved with visiting a kingdom on a diplomatic mission, going to a cafe, finding out that the cafe workers' wages were far lower than they should have been, and buying out that storefront and moving the entire crew into their ship so their ship could have a sword bucks in it because that's what we named it yep i'll even say Look, another <laughs> live that fantasy it. of being the richest person alive and i did it and i mean like one of my favorite things is i see a lot of critique on the timeline on twitter when it comes to people playing characters that are like self-insert wish fulfillment and i'm like no Sometimes you can take those things where it's like, clearly people want to be this, like it must be annoying and you can do so much good with them. And I think that's so cool. Like um, in that game, essentially, we had kind of a that guy uh, towards the beginning 
where essentially they really wanted to romance this other player character and they were doing it in a weird way. Like it was making the player, I think, also kind of yeah. uncomfy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that whole experience was very uncomfy. <laughs> like me and the player that was victimized in question, we kind of did such a funny one-two step around the situation where canonically, once again, Lalonde, that character was not an adventurer. So she wasn't kind of great in combat. And given that she was like a low level cleric, it reflected in combat when it happened story-wise. So basically me and the character that this guy wanted to romance, she was a barbarian and was very, very good at it. So the dynamic between my character and her character instantly was like the barbarian protects my character, the cleric. And every time this wizard is trying to impress either of them, they're like, oh, we don't care. We are now besties on the field. Unfortunately, we are sword bays. Hate to say it. <laughs> Hate to see it for you, my guy. No one can <laughs> fall in love with you. We have our own thing happening. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a good example of how you can handle an outside influence in an in-game way in a very smooth and non-confrontational way. I, I think when that solution is op- is is an option, you should take it. But I still believe that if you do decide to take the non-confrontational um, solution, you should still inform the GM like, hey, something's up, which they did do, and I'm very glad that they did. So I was able to put the kibosh on that because nobody deserves to be uncomfortable at a, ga- at a table where they play for fun. So just thought I'd add that little addendum on there. Yeah, and you did step in with GM powers. This is my favorite story to tell. It was such a funny that guy moment where that character uh, says that my character was like not as attractive as the barbarian and everybody in the room just goes, hey, 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 no. And like, unfortunately, <laughs> you can't neg her. And like, it was canon. My character was an ace literal angel walking on the earth. She was gorgeous. Hate to say it. You hate to see it. <laughs> It's just, yeah, it's just, I, I, it's, it's ego and machismo that kills most tables. <laughs> and that leads to my next question for you, Nordine. Um, have you ever had a situation like that where someone at the table is maybe getting a little bit big for their britches and you as a player, maybe instead of the DM, do what you can to help in that situation? Uh, no, because I'm the one who's big for my britches. I'm better than everyone. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> uh no i i've had situations where some folks uh often due to like ignorance or not this is the first time they they do overstretch and they overstretch themselves in a way that would either damage their character damage the whole party whatever you know someone like picking a fight with a god mm-hmm. because it's D, <laughs> you can fight everything right or whatever yeah. you know sometimes then i find the best things to like check in individually like in a dm or if you want to do it in character, the thing you can do is just convince the character of the danger you are facing, right? Uh, and I've played that role a couple of times where I've said, I know, I know this is serious. I know that he has said wrong, but he is a god. You must fight him <laughs> later, not today. You know? Slay. I've done the role. It's fun. The character voice eats. I enjoyed hearing that. Please do ASMR as that. <laughs> I have been told it's a good idea for me, but you know. Listen, if you ever need a side hustle, we have found it for you. But yeah. uh, spicy voice creator coming soon. <laughs> but that leads me to my next little bit that I want to want to talk about, because while we do hype up a bunch of games, 
sometimes you're you find yourself playing something and it's not the right fit have you ever played a game and you just realize like i'm not having fun and i don't want to do this anymore and I, can i please start with this one because we have yeah. told it on the podcast before but i just think it's fucking funny every time okay there is one D module where it's like fey wild carnival i don't know the name of it but if anybody can find it please send it to me so i can never play it again <laughs> maybe it was the gm that was bad because we're not friends anymore but like that module <laughs> was the worst thing that ever happened to me and i feel like the basis of it is kind of cool your characters are in the fey wild they went to a carnival whatever um the thing about it is that every encounter um that you find yourself in can be solved without combat. Like it can be solved outside of combat. You can talk everybody down. Um, and I hated it so bad. I was having the worst time, especially because like it was Feywild themed. So everybody is all silly, goofy, think Alice in Wonderland. And it hit me. If I was in an Alice in Wonderland situation, oh, I couldn't handle it. I hate Goofy. <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, I hate the silly Goofies. Oh, I get it. Uh, Wild Beyond the Witchlight. I think it's the thing you're looking for. Uh, ah, yes. yeah, yeah. Oh, I hated it so bad. Get <laughs> me out of there. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, oh, go ahead. No, no, you first. You first. Okay. All right. Um, I was in a game where we had a healer who would heal in really detailed and interesting ways. And, like, the gag quickly became, like... Okay. Noir, I, I hate to cut you off, but I got to ask because my mind is going too many different places at once. Yeah, we're not please, talking about anything, a little bit. <laughs> nothing sexual, right? This is not like no, I take no. my appendage. Okay, good. Thank God. No, no, Are they just was... like detailing actual surgery they're performing? Like... No, no. It's kind of like I, I the spit. flesh needs itself back to Oh, you I spit. spit. I, I spit and my spit is blood and the tendrils <laughs> climb into your, yeah, it's, it's. No, bad. thanks. That's, it, that's definitely for someone. I don't know if it's for the general public, but it's definitely for someone. <laughs> for somebody. Well, the gag quickly became like, how grossed out can I make you when I heal you? <laughs> and it's just no. like, it was funny for a little bit. Then I'm like, I, I don't know that I love this. <laughs> I mean, you need to go by movie or television rules in that situation where you describe the first encounter very like detailed. And then the next time you just cut. Yeah. It's yeah. just, and I heal them as I always do. Yeah. I heal them with my particular magics. Like going into detail every time I'm like, is this is this a fetish? Like, <laughs> You're having too much fun, my friend. Like, I can hear you deep breathing into the mic right now. <laughs> Why your mouth open? <laughs> Jesus. Why are you sweating? <laughs> and Nordina, our guest. Um, there's a couple. I don't want to say anything that I've streamed because the truth is sometimes it's just like a group isn't compatible. Yeah. And I know I know the world too much to think that, oh, the group wasn't compatible here. And then everyone will like say, well, Dean said this fucking person sucks. Nah, nah, I didn't. You know it. So I will say similar to similar to Joy, I actually do have um, a book that I dislike and it's Tomb of Annihilation. Boy, I don't like that book. It starts <clears throat> off. You cannot be local. This is actually a thing I have with D&D games in general. You can never be local to the place nowadays, which mm. makes it feel like an escapism fantasy. But it's a whole different thing. I don't want to discuss it much. Maybe later. But uh, 
I don't like the fact you can't be local from Chult, especially because Chult is where the black people are from. That made me uncomfortable. Uh, There was like this weird, you know, comparison between this city that you're only in for like a hot second that's detailed and beautiful and descriptive. And then the world outside is the water is poison. The zombies are everywhere. You shall die. You shall die here. Die, die, die. And it's just... I, I don't know what you wanted for theming, but I don't think these two themes work together very well. Yes. I'm not having fun. We kind of feel like we're doing a trudge, but the game system is built for it. And also, I'm a Triton, which means I survive under in all underwater conditions. So do I get poisoned or not? We don't know. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that so bad, but I think it's so funny. It's it true. That is so funny. Gotta laugh sometimes, honestly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and now I have another fun question. Me and a friend, IRL, we're talking about it because once again, we're in that very familiar position where we have a group of friends and we want to play a game, but we don't have anyone to GM just yet. It's going to be me. I'm going to bite the bullet and it's going to be me. But, um, because of this, both of us have come up with characters that we want to play, but just haven't had the chance to play yet. So do you guys have any characters just banked that like the <laughs> ideas for them that you just haven't gotten to play, but you really want to? So many. <laughs> Give us one. Oh, boy. Um, Jeez. I've got one that I really want to play again, um, which is the Shadarkai uh, Way of the Long Death Monk. It was, a char- it was a character that I played in one of the first games that we ever streamed. It was the game that I met Anita, actually. Uh, the character was so cool, and I played him in a couple of campaigns uh, after that one. And so I've got, like, the beginning of the story, the middle, and then, like, I'm so close to, ha- like, having an end for this character that I, I really want to see it through. Uh, so, yeah, that's my. What's his thing? Like, what makes him fun? Uh, so, uh, I, I really went in depth with the Shatterkai culture. Mm-hmm. Um, the Shatterkai are interesting in the sense that they are attached to the Raven Queen. When the Raven Queen did her thing, her followers became Shadow, uh, became Shatterkai. So there's this, like, whole tragic backstory that's kind of built in. Uh, and I had, and, and Shatterkai live in the, uh, Shadowfell. And so he came to the material plane in his first campaign, and it's just kind of somebody who comes from a place with no joy, no color, no vibrancy, finding themselves in the material plane and learning not only that pleasant things exist, but that it's there's nothing wrong with being happy. So mm-hmm. it, was, it, was, it was kind of fun to see him grow outside of what he started as. That's sick. I hope you get to play him again. Me too. I want the chance to... Um, it's not really a character concept. I have a bunch of different character concepts in my head, but I, I really want the chance to play a Bano Akeem in Vampire the Masquerade and also mm-hmm. like play a lot with the blood, blood magic rules because I haven't yeah. done either yet. And one, as you know, someone who is like descended from the culture that uh, you know created the assassins, quote-unquote, the Bono Kim used to like be an aping of a lot of my own culture. Nowadays, they're a lot they're, they're fixed for the most part. I still want to see if I can take that concept and play with what I know about the actual assassins and make something cool out of it. Say, you know, I'm yeah. 
I'd be thrilled to. The thing is, I want it to be with the right people in the right space. Yeah. That's the most important thing. I can't just do it everywhere. So whenever someone invites me to a game of Vampire, I'm like, I'll save that for later. How about I play this instead? Because this concept is better for uh, white people. <laughs> but no, that's that's a banger, dude. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Joy? What's your concept? Okay, this this is going to eat. Everyone, I expect claps after this one. I I was in my bag. Okay, so basically, I just learned what a mastermind rogue was like two days ago, and I'm running with it. So basically, here here's her whole plot. I have no name. I have no race. I just know the class. I want to play a mastermind rogue. And the thing with her is going to be, I have a full backstory. She <laughs> was, when she was like younger, she was so good at stealing. She was thievery eaten down committing heists and was the best in like her wherever she's from everybody knew like she was pulling off these heists but the thing was you couldn't catch her she was too good at what she was doing you had no proof couldn't nab her down one heist though goes wrong through no fault of her own they catch her and finally she's got to answer for all of her crimes and just as she's like in court a trial or whatever i don't know if dnd has court but they do now <laughs> and at her little trial she is faced with this ultimatum. Either she is going to jail for the rest of her life, rotten in a cell, or because she is so lucky in this situation, the son of some big diplomat caught feelings for her. He is so obsessed with her. So her punishment is just to be his wife. She's got to stay, be his wife, never thieve again. They commit some type of magic that makes it so that she can't do her sleight of hand that she always does. She's bound to her home. She is literally a housewife and that is jail to her. And she chooses that. Um, and then I would imagine the way the party like comes to see her is like they're told that they need a thief for their adventure and they can find the best thief in the area here. And they go to find her. And obviously she's like, hey, I can't do that anymore. Physically cannot do that anymore. And the story I would imagine is just her kind of getting that agency back, realizing she can make choices, maybe even getting revenge on that diplomat that wedded her under immense duress. I just think that would be that. slay. I mean, see. it would be. Damn, someone's got to got to cast us in things right just right? imagine that also me with the power of a mastermind rogue imagine the nonsense actually i take it back i'm too afraid now thank you yeah <laughs> what, would, what, would be, what would be your weapon set yeah oh my gosh um once again not familiar with dnd despite playing only that what what are my weapon options here, fellas? Can I do just, anything? Just what what weapon? Well, you can picture this character. What weapon do you imagine them wielding? Two daggers. Yeah, keep it classic. Yep, that works. <laughs> Two I daggers saw a and a scimitar whip. in my head. Oh, a whip! <laughs> yeah, a whip. No, this I, is the best thing. I thought crossbow, so. honestly, but I like this instead. Two daggers I, and a whip is wild. <laughs> I cannot wait. Um, I cannot wait for the fan art to appear tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> I want it so bad, you guys. Please, someone let me play her. Let me play it with my brother, Shadok Khan. <laughs> God. He is like, there is joy in this world. And she's like, what joy? All I do is turn butter and fear the day he wants kids. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> so speaking of the darkness... 
this uh, episode is wild. <laughs> what you know? I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, I've listened to every single episode. I've campaigned to be on this show. Have yeah. I ruined it? No, uh, no, I love this. Do this you not like this episode? Fun. I'm having the time of my life. <laughs> it's a very oh. different episode. Oh my god! There was y'all, we covered all the drama up top. I mean, normally y'all are like, "Well, today some actor did something terrible, so let's just talk about the intrinsic problems." My love, <laughs> the actors this week died. <laughs> Everybody this week died. <laughs> I mean, there's one death I feel like we could all celebrate. Like if there's one thing they should bring everybody together. Jerry Springer? No, Carolyn Bryant. Oh, <laughs> I don't know who that is. Well, here we go. Go ahead, Mark. Let me Google down. The oh boy, uh, Carolyn Bryant is the white woman who accused. Oh, no, I know Emmett who that is. Yeah. Oh, you know, I know who that is too. Uh, look, I don't. I'm not in the business of celebrating people's death or wishing death upon them. It's. I'll it's, do it enough for the both of us. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I was gonna. I was gonna literally say, you know what? Do you mind doing it for me? That way, I can keep my soul clean, and you know, it's oh done. Oh. She wasn't I, I, racist till the day she died, right? I mean, aren't they all? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, no offense. She got, if you, she got got though. She got if, got. If you told me that the the woman who like falsely accused the Central Park Five was still racist, in fact, you know, I think she is. I think she is like, oh, I hate the overturning. They're <laughs> they're the they're the worst people. Even though her actual abuser is getting away, you know what? Fuck it, you know. Like it truly, <laughs> certain people like They're racism fucking... is bad. Hey y'all, you know, stop sucking on the teat of racism. It ain't gonna make you happy. That's the worst. It's really not. It's so embarrassing to be racist in twenty twenty three. She can literally be anything else. What the hell? Just, like <laughs> be so whack. Be a unicorn. You know, uh, go to the mall. I don't, there's many things you can do. Be a furry. Like, in, the, in 2023, you have so many options of cool things that you can do. Like, get into a fandom. I think, honestly, if everybody just found a fandom that was cool and not, like, racist or political, you would have the time of your life. Like, mm-hmm. some of the happiest bitches I know wake up every morning and only tweet about anime and only think about anime. And I wish I had their brain. I wish I could live in that. I mean, you do mostly tweet about Bruce Wayne. So you're almost yeah, there. Yeah, almost Can we there. talk about that, by the way? L- let me, sorry, this is something where if you don't follow me on Twitter, you're going to be so confused. But essentially, I I did some thirst tweet about Bruce Wayne. And the fact that the first reply was someone being like, I was just thinking, I haven't seen Joy tweet about Bruce Wayne for a while. I was wondering if she was okay. And the second reply was someone responding to them and just going, you can literally set your watch by when Joy tweets about Bruce Wayne. <laughs> It happens. I, th- I think you got a problem. <laughs> I he makes me happy. <laughs> I, you know, I own um, I own a picture of like Bruce Wayne's penis, so I I cannot. You wait, do? Wait, wh- where? Okay, <laughs> so this is my Batman lore. Let me get into it. Yes. Uh, so the black label in DC was like, they dealt with darker themes. They're not set in the real universe. Yeah. And back when they first announced it, one of the first comics that they made, that's part of the black label or for, for these mature audiences was mm-hmm. called Batman damned. 
right? Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. And this first a comic of the Batman Dam series featured John Constantine, one of my favorite <laughs> DC characters, because as much as I hate to admit it, in my soul, deep down, there's a part of me that is just John Constantine. Yes. <laughs> and so it's like the special edition, the special edition has John Constantine front and center, front and center. And so I tried to get it, not available. I went to eBay and I bought it for roughly the same price because I really wanted this copy and I didn't know about it until it was too late. Yeah. For like a dollar more. And then the news comes out that they're going to have to do a big reprint of Batman Damned. Do you know why? Because the shadow, there's a point at which Bruce Wayne is walking down a hallway and he's in shadow and you can see a, see a small lump of his flaccid penis, his dick <laughs> in the shadow on top of the rest of his body as one leg is pulling forward. No. And the moment that happened, I get an email from the person I bought this from on eBay saying, okay, so the comic has increased dramatically in value. Would you like some free premium packaging to keep it safe? And I want to give a shout out to that guy. I don't know who yeah. they are. Shout out to you for eBay not increasing seller. the price, <laughs> but for giving me Batman dick for only a yes. dollar extra than it would have paid otherwise. They're an icon. Oh my God. What the fuck is this episode? I love it. Let me lead to one question kind of based off of that. And I have asked it to a guest before, but I love bringing it up because I oh, shut. I'm going to eat your arms. Um, anyway, um, basically, we cover a lot of nerdy topics. But of course, given that me and my brother are two people with similar upbringings and unfortunately similar interests, we don't cover everything. Is there something that you as a guest want to talk about that we haven't touched on too much or that you would just like to hear us talk about more or talk to us about oh uh that's a difficult question that i was not prepared for i like i like everything i like vampire the masquerade i like star wars i'm a huge star wars nerd um, but one of my dream things what i want to i want to play in a game that is like murder on the orient express and i don't know how Ooh. i can manage it but i want a bunch to be a, like one of several rich people accused of murder yes i don't care if i do it or not but I want to be there and be like, well, I'm not saying I didn't do it, but I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Wink. I, like, I want to do that. If someone <laughs> could fulfill that dream of mine, I will My give you money. My husband's body isn't in the icebox. That's just dinner. Don't look I... in the icebox, detective. <laughs> I may have benefited extremely from the departure of my dear, dear husband, as I was his only living relative. But the truth is, I wouldn't do it. I just... Loved him so much. I mean, was he a cheater? Was he a liar? Was he going to leave me for that new starlet in all the pictures? Absolutely. But will I kill him? Well, officer, you're the detective now, aren't you? <laughs> I would have forgiven my dear James for anything. Even the fact that he betrayed me, cheated me, and frankly wanted to divorce me. I'm so sad at his passing. <laughs> Like, so what? I haven't shed a tear since I found out that broad had <laughs> that broad was dead. I loved him. I did. I loved him. And if he's dead, well, damn, that's God's fault, not mine, officer. Now get out of my carriage. <laughs> How dare you accuse me of murder? Leave this place. Leave this place and never come again. Yeah, no, I, I died. Officer, now don't tell nobody I told you nothing, but I swear to you I do. 
I saw Mr. Williamson come out of that man's carriage late last night looking a right mess. Now, I'm not saying he did it, but that's a little bit suspicious to me. <laughs> this is funny, right? I like how we just, su- like, it, this is clearly set in the 1920s. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do we play this? Dear brother, what system can we do to get this out? This would be a Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. I want to, I actually do want to play legit Call of Cthulhu because I've only played it once, twice, actually. I played Mm -hmm. it once at a play test for someone uh, that I cannot talk about because sworn to secrecy and all that. Uh, And I did play it once um for a charity stream but it was curse of the mummy instead so there was no cthulhu there was a mummy and that was great but we were with like eight people Mm -hmm. there's eight of us there pretty big names uh it was fantastic we just didn't get enough time to like get into the meat of it i want to play a long-term call of cthulhu game by the way i do know if you're a dear listener and you do know call of cthulhu i do know that horror on the orient express is a thing i have read that i have issues <laughs> so many issues. Uh, Please it's a reprint them. of it. Okay, it's real racist, y'all. It's no. real racist. No. It yeah. starts off with some white woman inviting you to like a symposium uh, about stolen, like, and then stealing artifacts from the British Museum, but not to like return them to lo- their location, but to awaken an ancient god. Work. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Oh no! Spoiler alert! <laughs> but um. The, the the white woman's not the problem. Uh, the problem is it's a brown man doing it. And that's no. the only brown person you meet the entire time. And of course, you're going to Turkey. No. So like... <laughs> Everybody's white in Turkey, duh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like one brown, brown man that you meet for the first time. And then you're like, we must take a train to Turkey to the desiccated mosque to defeat him. And that's a... I don't know about y'all. Um, no, that is so bad. That's so bad. <laughs> they they could have used a fix. If I was like writing this from the get go, I would have done it in reverse. I mm-hmm. would have had you start in Istanbul and then go all the way up, because that's just in- inherently more interesting. As you see, you know, a white person stealing an artifact that was maybe protected by a local community, determined to awaken an old god. Right? That fits. That makes more, more- sense. It makes more sense. It narratively makes more sense. Museum wise, it makes more sense because that's how fucking museums worked. Like, it's just a better idea. This whole thing is backwards. I don't want to play it. Would I, could I redo it? Probably. That would take a lot of work on my part. Listen, just know (laughs) that if you did, I'm in. You heard my 1920s wife who definitely killed her husband voice. Gotta use it somehow. You know, we, but here's the thing we all need to kill our husbands once in a while. Well, first of all, don't accuse me of doing such a thing. I loved my husband. <laughs> spoiler alert to my future oh husband. My uh, spoiler alert to my future husband. I lo- I will love you too when you depart. Please yeah. have a lot of money. Don't leave me for one of those young girls in the talkies. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, I watch so many old films. <laughs> I, so when I grew up, I loved, and speaking of racist things, I loved Agatha Christie. Yes. Uh, and that that is just, it appeals to a part of my soul I cannot explain, to just be old-fashioned and ethnic. Yes, old-timey racism. Can we talk about how it was wild? <laughs> you know what? We need to bring it back. It was classic. 
like new age racism it is so not cool it's like annoying. call of duty lobby racism is not fun you know what was kind of wild just white people saying whatever because <laughs> they just didn't know about how people of color were so they just kind of assumed like <laughs> those old movies where like if you saw a brown man like the costumes they had him in i'm like were y'all not aware they could wear like any clothes just no they're like he is in a vest and he is in harem pants and he has a sword and i'm like this is 1920s in a coffee shop why he got a sword <laughs> no one knows honestly no one knows why he's wearing a fez indoors either but we're gonna work with it it's fine it's okay if it looks like aladdin if it's Always. a period piece it was it was so messy <laughs> i want i live for that though i live for like maybe it's because i have distance from it or maybe it's because people still pull that shit to me i the amount of times I've been, um, so I have a problem with my appearance. I'm not, I don't like my appearance very much. I'm working towards it. But when I talk about my appearance, some people want to go out of their way to compliment me by saying, oh God, you have this, you have such exotic features. Exotic to whom, miss? <laughs> Just because I don't look like I'm from North Carolina oh does God. not mean I cannot be a North Carolinian and not be the standard of North Carolinian beauty. Truly, like, and I guess we're on the topic of like our experiences with racism. Because fun fact, everybody on this episode, people of color, we are different shades of brown. It is so. Y'all need to invite some white people. No, <laughs> Never. What are they no, going to talk kidding. about? <laughs> but just like b being like a black woman who fits, unfortunately, into the new like standard of beauty, like the westerns like Eurocentric beauty ideal makes me want to claw my own elbows out and bake them at 325 degrees Fahrenheit. Like, mm -hmm. because no one like non like, okay. White people. I was going to try to say a word that was different, but no, it's white people really struggle with complimenting me in a normal fashion. Like they can't do it. The amount of times I've heard you're so pretty for a black girl. I'm like, okay, work. You could have ended that sentence so early, but you kept going. You were cooking. And, and it's been better when they like literally a woman at the cowboy bar I go to was just like, you are so pretty. I literally thought you were mixed. I was just like, what? Oh, I've gotten that one too. Yeah. What does that mean? First of all, mixed with what? And second of all, she went into detail with why and i was like oh you can't say that either because then she brought another race into it she said that i have quote unquote asian eyes and i was like ma'am ma'am leave them out of this <laughs> <laughs> you know i do love this about white people and racism where there's this happens in the asian community too where there's always the attempt to bring the other one in mm -hmm. you know like they talk about they're being racist to black folks and like well the asians where did we come in i'm like get them out of here they're not in the room they're not here to we, defend themselves man we did man we did not buy a ticket to this show <laughs> i'm like i didn't know this album had a feature get out <laughs> and honestly asians get it all like the whole spectrum of asian because i'm south southwest asian mm -hmm. in terms of race but the whole spectrum of asians get this too where sometimes we'll talk about racism and then white will be like well black people and like where, why are you they have gone through enough you <laughs> enslaved the fuckers i don't think they need to be brought into this nonsense truly i'm that tiktok audio where it's like and why am i in it what they say for 54 <laughs> 
would you just do us a favor and like leave us alone when it does not concern us? Is that too like, hard to ask? It is so wild. And it's just such an interesting experience because we've reached this very interesting level of racism now where people want to claim that they're not racist um, and that when they make slip ups like that, like they just didn't know better. But it's just like, why are you? as a white person commenting on anyone else's ethnicity or race or identity like that. Why are you, why, <laughs> why are you at the writer's desk? <laughs> why are you at the kitchen? Why are you cooking? <laughs> why can you not help your, do you not have filters? Did no one teach you how to act growing up? Cause I've seen some white society movies. They taught y'all how to act. <laughs> yeah. Y'all had etiquette classes and you'll never let us forget it. <laughs> Jeez. But um, <laughs> anyways, I'm so glad to hear about how articulate we are for this podcast. It's gonna I know we speak so well for brown people. <laughs> God. I, did, I didn't even know you're black until I looked at you. You sound white on the phone. <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm trying very hard to fit in within your standards. Like, I, I don't I'm trying know. to get hired. Of course, I sound white on the phone. <laughs> Maybe I'm desperate not to get hate crime today. Thank you. I'm addicted to not being hate crime. Like, I will do backflips if people leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> you don't sound gay. Well, thank you. I don't. Uh, you're right. Let me get my lesbian voice on. <clears throat> Menards, Lowe's, Home Depot, U-Haul. <laughs> I love penis. <laughs> <laughs> me being subtle on a first date. <laughs> Oh God, I I don't I shouldn't talk about dick too much because the truth is I don't understand the fascination. Like, okay, my apologies. This got real. Are we comfortable <laughs> no. with this level of oh, conversation? No, no, I'm I'm here for it. Really? I'm okay, also, I'm sorry. I was also fixing an audio thing. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with people sending dick pics? I hate to break it to you. I got one. Dicks oh, aren't sorry. pretty. They're so no one not. You know what? Let me. I'll even amend that because I want to give everybody a fair shot. Let me just say this. No dick pic I have ever received had good lighting, good staging, good presentation. They weren't posing. It was not like just as a photograph. It wasn't good. Maybe if a man sent me one and had an artistic angle and good lighting and maybe like perspective was played with, I would say something different. But every single time, you know what it is. First of all, why is he gripping it like you're gripping a banana trying to check if it's ripe? Like what? <laughs> holding it completely awkward for some reason the lighting is always gray and then like he's not groomed like it doesn't look good like first of all if you know how i helped people you when take, you were a baby and now look at <laughs> them people take nudes like they are da vinci trying to make the next greatest piece of art like let me talk about how literally when I was um, I was out with some girlies and we were in a place with just like beautiful scenery. Immediately they got naked. They're like, so we're taking pics of each other. I said, what? I'm a photographer now. But they took the mission seriously. They were playing with lighting, angles, posing. There was direction. People it's, sending dick pics. They don't put that effort in. <laughs> well, it's it's because they just think that a, like, OK, here's the thing. Men think that the people who like dick whatever their gender are yeah. so dick hungry that yes. just seeing one will activate <laughs> your instinct for it. <laughs> and you are going to be incapable of saying no which is not how anything works 
especially I, I really dislike it when it comes from queer men, like queer mm-hmm. cis men, because y'all know it doesn't work on you. So why do you think it work on them? I Anybody don't understand. Like, What's the point? And you know what? Maybe my brother put take your headphones off. I'm about to give the boys a hint. I'm oh, about to give no. them a tip. Listen, just you. wave your hands when this is over. Okay, I'm gonna go get something to drink. Jesus all right. Christ. So basically, I'm gonna be real. When it comes to the, all the femme people I've met, we don't want pictures. We don't want pictures. Keep that to yourself. The girlies want audio of you moaning. I need you to sound like you are being tortured. <laughs> I want. First of all, y'all afraid to moan in your girl's ear. I'm in her ear, like oh, wait, wait, wait. like. Go crazy audio wise. I want ASMR. Girlies now are just listening to audio of men moaning, like bass boosted. So why are they not sending that? Hey, do you know how crazy people went when like Leon Kennedy, yes. you know, voice acting came out and people were like, no, sexy. So many spicy content creators that I've seen have audio only versions of like Leon Kennedy exactly. dating you and then fucking you. It's just. Yes, that's all people want. It doesn't have to be a visual experience. It can be an auditory one. Literally, I when Leon gets hurt when I'm playing, I don't heal that man. I need to hear it. <laughs> you need to hear him moan. I need to hear him moan. Is it oh, safe? Okay. You can come back. Yeah, yeah, come on back. <laughs> I leave Leon Kennedy in pain. I need that auditory experience. <laughs> it's it's a it's a huge thing. I just I'm a I'm one of those people that no genitalia I've ever seen, no matter what gender, looks yeah. particularly interesting, like attractive to me. I've also done yeah. I've also done pre-med. So that may affect things. Yeah. To be fair. Probably. But it's what what's attractive? It's intimacy. It's like the swell of a body. It's like get into detail, get artistic with this shit. Right. Literally put your artist beret on. And let me just say this. I go on TikTok. And just I don't look know that edits. I'm feeling safe. No. <laughs> look at edits that girls be making of their favorite celebrity men. Let me tell you about my mm. favorite one. Vigilante from Peacemaker. There is a scene where he is literally being tortured and girls took that audio and put sexy music behind it. And they are feral in the comments. They are howling like dogs at the moon. It is wild. <laughs> So do that. No more pictures. Get tortured and record. If you want to seduce someone, you have to work for it. Yeah. On their level. Yeah. And you know what? To end the podcast on a nerd theme again, instead of when we briefly blacked out and became a sex positivity podcast. Is that what happened? Yeah, you missed it. I think me and Nordine are going to have a spinoff. <laughs> Yeah, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be called Nerds at Night. It's going to be so cool. Ooh, ooh, I love that. Nerds at Night kind of slays. Quick, trademark that. Okay, that'll be a separate thing. We'll send you your contract in the morning. (laughs) Basically, a bunch of nerd stuff are happening, stuff that we're involved in, things that we aren't involved in, but we're just looking forward to. So tell me about one thing coming up that you're looking forward to, or maybe even a top three. What are you excited about seeing soon? Ooh. The halls Ooh. of Valhalla, where my tales of battle will be ringing through the halls for all eternity as I sip ale with my brothers and sisters in battle. Are you dying and going to Valhalla? <laughs> you, you have to die to get there. Noir. Yo, hey, I'm doing my best. <laughs> you, you got okay. a partner. You got a. You got a, a sibling. You got a cat. Yes. You have a child. You're gonna leave me, your oldest daughter. <laughs> Could you Hello? stop confusing people? <laughs> I okay. 
I never thought that you two were sibling. I never thought that you two are not siblings, but I do know there's some people who are very, very all like completely confused about the nature of your relationship. Yeah. And it's fucking hilarious. I'm sorry. No, if you like are in a group chat and people bring up the fact that they're not clear, make it worse. <laughs> what? Don't do that. Tell them his name is on my birth certificate. <laughs> no, it, first off, it is very much not. And second off, why do you want to confuse the people? Is it not funnier to have conversations on Twitter where in the replies, I see that someone is calling you a dad and saying that you have a trial? <laughs> no, that's not funny. Fully, I saw someone respond to you once and be like, you have a son. And I'm just like, that's me. <laughs> uh, I also get this sometimes. Um, I get called daddy a lot. I don't like being called daddy, by the way. Please. Actually, you know what? Let this be a PSA. Hey, Internet. I don't like being called daddy. Don't do it. Don't call me do that. It. Yeah, call, call that. Joy that. Literally, I was at the cowboy bar I go to, and we had a whole conversation, me and a bunch of people, about how my nickname is Daddy Long Dick. <laughs> <laughs> and Big Daddy takes care of his girls. <laughs> I had it's, you in my arms when you were only so big. <laughs> yeah. It's it's tits and Daddy Long Dick is the That's two me. nicknames. <laughs> well, uh, Here's the thing. I have a lot of I don't have a lot of things coming up. I have one thing that's being talked about right now, but I'm under a non-disclosure and a non-disparagement agreement for it. So I can't say shit. Um, I'm not doing much. I'll be honest. I'm not doing much right now. I'm like kind of in a bit of a limbo and that's fine. It's fine. You got nerds at night to look forward to. And we are going to play that murder at the Orient Express game so I can do the voice. Uh. Here's one thing I am looking forward to, though. I am looking forward to this. Um, coming out in October, we've got a Vampire the Masquerade game called Villains that I took a part of, and I'm playing the worst. I'm playing the problem. I am playing the danger, and I, I'm looking very... I'm looking forward to people seeing me go off that so bad. I will say trigger warnings for, like, gaslighting, abuse, being a shitbag... That kind of thing. Yes, I'm so excited. I need to play a game where I can gaslight, but I think everyone will like me a little bit less when they see how that goes. <laughs> They're going to be like, how is she so good? How is she a natural? I'm going to be like, ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> it's how we will raise. Oh, all we do. <laughs> Dear brother, what are you looking forward to? Uh, I've already kind of mentioned it uh, before on Morning Ritual, but I am designing a game called Head of the Table, which is a game that I'm designing to promote uh, the idea that anybody and everybody can be a GM because we all have imagination. Uh, you don't have, if you're like, I can't be a GM because I'm not a Bria, I'm not Brennan, I'm not Matt. I, I, I'm so sick of people uh, thinking that. Uh, so I'm kind of trying to develop this as a way to be like, hey, you can do this too, so get in the game. So uh, I'm looking forward to starting playtests with it, and uh, then we'll see where it goes from there. Awesome. What about you, Joy? What are you excited for? Yeah, what are you excited for, Joy? Let's see. Um, yeah, my Joy. Is yeah, it a new Joy. Flash movie? I guess <laughs> it's a new Flash movie. No, yeah. don't, don't say that. You, don't do that. You want to see that. the new motherfucking Flash movie? Stop. <laughs> so the Crimson Harvest game I'm in is having our last two finale episodes um, tomorrow. The first and well, tomorrow as we're recording this. So May 
first. And then the second part of the finale, uh, May 8th. So that'll be really sick. Um, that was my first streamed game without my brother there to let me suckle from his teat. Uh, <laughs> really? Like, why, though, is the question that I am asking you. Look, you know, it is normal to breastfeed. Yeah, uh, your child, like... <laughs> As my dad, like that's what you did. But um, I'm also looking forward to basically it was announced that there's going to be like a bat fam animated mini series coming out on Netflix. It's animated and I'm going to be so dead ass with you all. The art style is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. It's just so ugly. Um, but I am thirsty for bat family content. So I'm just going to suck it up and watch it. So I'm excited for that. Um Ooh, and then I'm excited for the future because we've pitched a lot of games and we've pitched that character, the mastermind rogue I want to play. So I'm manifesting that someone will play with me. And by manifesting, I mean, I'm going to show up at my brother's home <laughs> with a very sharp knife and a dream. And he's going to GM for me. I'm going to get what I want <laughs> one way or another. Why me? What the fuck did Believe I Believe in your dreams, even yes. if they involve murder. Like, I will have that sharp knife at your kidney, at your door, and I'm going to go, you as a GM have one job. You do all these fun games and you think it's cute and silly and goofy to not cast me. The best I don't do the do. casting. Oh, you don't do the casting? No. You can't do a nepotism? Bitch, work harder. Do you really want, do you really want to be given nepotism? Absolutely. Because I've seen the people that get in no nepotism, and I'm like, they are not as funny, sexy, free, and like slay as me. So if I got to force my foot in the door, I will. First of all, can they do the mid-Atlantic voice? No. So let me in. <laughs> I, I will not rest. <laughs> believe that Joy's like, you know what the entertainment industry needs is more nepotism. I can. Yeah. Hey, guess what? White people have been doing it for years. I think black people, we're taking it. They took hip hop. We're taking this. Nepotism. We're going to make it fun. We're going to make it fresh. Wait, wait, hold. Fresh? Will Smith and his children have been doing this for ages. I don't mm. know how this is fresh. Okay, what about the Wayans brothers? <laughs> and the Wayans brothers? Yeah, yeah Listen. there you go. Um, but have you considered that I am Daddy Long Dick and I'm back? <laughs> Listen. Dear brother, make it in your contract to hire you. I legally got to be in the game for at least 30 minutes. <laughs> what, what bargaining power do you think I have? Um, girly pop, I see that 12K follower account. If you don't love me, like, listen, I'm daddy long dick, but you can be big dick waving that around. <laughs> don't. Did you just say noir should carry their sibling stick? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying his follower account gives him a big dick and he should wave that power around. Uh, oh my God, uh, please well, make this stop. Please make this stop. Look, I don't got 12K followers, so I don't know how much of a dick I have. So Yeah, I have 4K, So, but I'm still like daddy long dick because of my attitude. Yeah, you know, your dicks are both bigger than mine. Listen, I'm proud of y'all. It's it. not about please. the size, it's about the motion of the ocean. <laughs> I, please make this stop. So anyway, this is how we'll do our sign out um, to our guest. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you? Oh, yeah, sure. I can do that. 
so once again, my name is Nodidali Kadir. My pronouns are he, him, and you can catch me everywhere werewolves can be found as at werewolf feels, uh, or you might find me in a werewolf field, but that's a whole different thing. And don't approach me then. That's dangerous for your health. Period. Dear brother, where can they find you? They can find me all over the internet as the Nilar. That's Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. Please check out my website. I have merch there. It's the Nilarnegma.com. Uh, please help. I'm poor. Right. And I am Joy Valentine, your love and mine. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JoyXValentine. And don't forget, subscribe to our Patreon. You get episodes a day early. You get exclusive behind the scenes content and um, you get a live stream of me giving you a little kiss. I just give out kisses to our Patreon subscribers. So and now you got to actually film it and upload it now. No, I don't think they want that, though. Like, I don't think they really want I'm that. I'm sorry. So. Joy, there's a lot of thirst out there for you. I don't want to be the one to tell you, but there is. Yeah. I don't need I, to yeah. this. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. But more importantly, just know that my brother and I are starting a production company. That's something you can look forward to and something you can see us at. Um, What? <laughs> Lakeshore Die is a small business. Support your local small business owners. And with that support, we might be able to launch Nerds at Night, the sexy after dark podcast with me and Nordine. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye, folks. Bye. <laughs> Shit. One second, Watson. One second, my boy. Uh, oh, please, my boy, stop. <laughs>